Welcome to another episode of the Skeptical Sheep Podcast, where I bring you real stories and raw conversations from people who have left Christianity behind. You'll hear the highs and lows of what it's really like to leave your faith. I'm your host, Laura Flood, and let's meet this week's guest. Okay, so I'm here with Josh, and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Hello, um, nice to meet you, Laura. Um, my name is Josh Chu. Um, I am a second-generation Australian uh, with Malaysian Chinese heritage, and I'm in my second year um, at university at the University of Sydney. So, Well, thank you so much for coming and doing this. I'm really excited to have you here and to hear your story. No worries. Thank you for having me. So can you tell me a little bit about the beginning? Like, when did you come to Christianity and how did it happen and what did that look like? So I, I, I mean, I've, I've been in the Christian family my entire life. Um, I grew up in a more conservative, like uh, Baptist Anglican kind of leaning family. And I remember when I was really young, like when I was really young and like maybe eight or nine, I remember there was thunder and I remember um, being really scared for some reason. And I think this is very cliched at this point, but I remember um, praying to God. And I remember hearing, like another example is um, when my grandfather, because he used to live in Malaysia and come to Australia every year, once a year to see us. And so every time he'd leave, I'd always pray that he would be alive the next time he came to Australia. And I really meant those prayers and they were very close to my heart. So um, I think I was Christian from as early as I can remember. But also my faith was very real to me. I remember um, around um, year eight, I remember, I think I really took on my faith for myself. I started um, reaching out to my friends and telling them about what I believed to be true. Um, and I started researching like Christian apologetics because I was um, a bit arrogant <laughs> and I thought like I could like reason my friends into believing. <laughs> and so um, I really got into apologetics when I was really young because I believed and I still believe this, that if God is real, that um, all truth is God's truth. And I shouldn't be shying away from that. So this is your childhood. You, your faith, you know, is real to you. And you're praying and you're reading apologetics and you're, you know, going out and witnessing, or I don't know if you call it witnessing in Australia or if that's an American word, but um, sharing the gospel. Yeah, very much an American term. Yeah, yeah. It's called yeah. evangelizing here in, here in Australia, I believe. Yeah. But take me through uh, like your preteen and teenagers. Like what was that like being a Christian? Yeah, so I, I went to school at a, at a small um, private school called Regents Park Christian High School um, from year seven to ten, and it was a very small school, a very multicultural school, and a very Christian centric school. It was a very much a bubble. I I like that. I think about it now. Um, I think that um, being a Christian in Regents Park was really easy. It was extremely easy. We had. Um, we had a chapel on Thursday. We had a really charismatic chaplain um, who's like young and like he had like a really cool beard and we all looked up to him. <laughs> and um, so uh, we, so essentially chapel was like a fun, like it was even at lunch and no one cared. Everyone loved it. Um, people would come in. There was a mosh pit. People would worship and jump around. And 
um, that was the sort of environment I was in. Um, we had, I, I actually started a Bible study in a, a lunchtime Bible study in um, year eight um, because I, don't, I felt so um, captivated by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, I, I, yeah, it, it was a very, yeah, very easygoing environment. Yeah. It sounds like you were honestly living the Christian dream. You know, it was easy to be a Christian in your life and you really genuinely loved it and enjoyed it and loved God and had a relationship with him. Um, yeah. So not to be like a stormy cloud on your on your story so far, <laughs> but can you start to tell me about when it all changed for you? It was very gradual. It was very gradual. Um a lot of reflection, um, actually later on in high school. So I, um, I changed high school mainly because I wanted to get into a good university and the HSC exams, which are the local exams in New South Wales, Australia. Um, they're very, um, like they're very like stressful and emotionally, uh, like they're draining. So, um, and the work-life balance in my school at Regents Park, it was a very good Christian environment. But at the end of the day, it was no nothing to write home about in terms of like academics. Um, a lot of the kids would um, eventually go to like trades or um, or like kind of just drop out entirely. <laughs> um, it it wasn't like a very like academic centric environment. Um, oh, and I just had to qualify that it was like a the sort of in church environment, like with the mosh pits and stuff like that, was very much a lot of Hillsong influence for um, for Regent's Park. Yeah. So I guess where it all kind of went down was when I changed schools and I went to an Anglican school. Um, it was a lot more um, secular. It really was um, because not a lot of kids actually believed in God. It was just like their parents sent them to this private school expecting a private school education like uh, private schools in Australia are known for being like, like having better quality teachers and stuff like that. Um, and a more like a rigorous culture, like in terms of like academics, like usually focusing more on that. Um, also it was a very like non-multicultural school. I felt very, uh, I'm very much a minority, <laughs> um, being of Chinese, um, Malaysian heritage, um, in a very Anglo-Saxon school. And so, all these things kind of culminated because I, I felt very passionate. I was, I was, it was a culture shock because I, I was very evangelically focused. I was also kind of equipped in apologetics at that point. I was becoming more equipped every day. I was very interested. I was like surfing YouTube all the time on that sort of stuff. And so I was very shocked. And also my friend group, they, they were the Christian group. And so I also felt isolated in that with the rest of my cohort. Um, so I guess I started exploring more like debates and stuff because I, I was very adamant about like evangelizing to people in my school. Um, and so I guess like it started with the debates because I guess with the theologians and the atheists debating and stuff like that, it just, I never saw myself siding with the theologian half the time, if I was being honest. And that, that was the thing that kind of like, it wasn't actually the crack though. Cause I think it was comedy. I think it was comedy. Cause I have like a massive love of comedy now appreciation of comedy now. And I think it was because of stuff like this when I was young, like I was listening to George Carlin. I was listening to like Louis CK. 
I was listening to people like Dave Chappelle. I was listening, yeah, George Collin and like Ricky Gervais, like those atheist kind of comedians that just like didn't didn't give a shit about my opinion and just just hammered down on religion, just really refreshing to me. And I always found myself laughing, even though I was like hating myself for it because I thought I was going to go to hell. I was listening to debates for like Matt Dillahunty. I remember listening a lot to um. What was his name? Bless his soul. He's passed away, unfortunately. Um, oh, Christopher Hitchens? Yes, yes. Yes. 100%. That man was very instrumental in me seeing another perspective, a hostile perspective to religion and Christianity. Because he wasn't just like an, an agnostic or just a normal atheist. He was an anti-theist. He really just hated religion. He was so unapologetic. And, and that sort of gravitas was something that really attracted me because I'd never seen that sort of perspective before and it was refreshing. Yeah, so hearing people like him and and hearing more um I'd say more gentle voices like Matt Dillahunty where he was talking a lot from personal experience like he really had a real faith like my faith. I I really identified with that. And then seeing him having a very logical, very precise disagreement like over the resurrection over say what is considered what can you consider to be supernatural and stuff like that and and kind of the philosophical mind games and semantics that surrounded that that's really what captivated me when when texts are carried forward and stuff like that looking at like the history of it like people like bart ehrman like he's another american actually um who kind of talked about like the history of like the resurrection and the history of say what we know about jesus christ and how did we get the bible that we have today and hearing people like that and their genuine concerns and their sincerity is something that really won me over over a very long time i guess about 3 years or so so your journey from being a devout christian to no longer believing anymore took the span of 3 years yeah yeah i think this is coming back to your question but i think i needed that context to get to this point because i was starting to doubt already and I confided in my best friend and I, this was a youth group and, and this was unheard of at this point because everything was going smooth sailing at this point. This was at my youth group. I told my friend one night, I was like, Hey, I don't think I believe this anymore. And he said he didn't believe it anymore. And that's no. what was the turning point for me because I was alone at that point until that point. To have someone there with you is, is big. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and that's not even the main, like, that, that, okay, so that was like the crazy thing. But then there was another crazy thing with him as well. His name's Josh as well. And I remember we were in year 12. We were, we were skipping out in church because we didn't believe any of it. And we just wanted to walk around the neighborhood and just talk about life because there was a massive void in our worldview. We needed to fill it. And so we were like, we, we always used to take time out and just like talk about it because we were so confused. Like we were exploring new ideas like existentialism together and nihilism and absurdism. We were exploring all these new complex ideas together. And it was amazing having these like philosophical discussions outside of church during the sermon. One of those nights, actually, one of those nights, this is the point. One of those nights, um, he turns to me uh, suddenly and I thought he was going to mention something about philosophy because that's what we were talking about. But he ended up saying like, Josh, I'm actually gay. And I, at that point, I grew up in this environment that was so like, I wouldn't say like homophobic, but I'd say it's like 
like we loved them quote unquote but like you know we never wanted them to get married <laughs> it was like <laughs> the passive like it was like the passive aggressive like we'll leave it to god to judge them but you know we don't we're not yeah, like those yeah. we're not like all the churches who are so hateful but like again you know that's god's choice god's place to judge people it's like the it's like the passive aggressive hate in a way yeah 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 i i completely agree and um so i grew up in that environment and so when i heard him say that i well, knowledge with me growing up, I it just all got overrided essentially because I had nothing but love and appreciation for that man. And so, yeah, I just told him I love him, like, because that's what a brother should do. So, and what, at what point in your leaving your faith journey was this? Was this after you had both already admitted to each other that you didn't believe anymore? Or was this before? Yes, this was after. This was after. So, w- what was it like with your other friends? Like, one, once you left, what did that look like? Like, do you feel like you had to do this whole like coming out thing to everybody or did you just kind of leave it? Yeah. So I had to do it twice. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. So very much did feel like coming out the first time and um, it failed the first time. So when I told my family and my close friends that I wasn't Christian, I actually got a really passive aggressive response, a really like, like I wouldn't say like openly hostile, but it was just very passive aggressive and um response and being like, why, 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 why? Um, why don't you believe? What what happened? Um what happened to you <laughs> that you don't believe anymore? Um like what problems do you have with our theology? Um, is it the resurrection? Is why why do you not believe that there was a God in the first place? Um like it was always on me to explain myself. I felt extremely trapped and attacked. I almost felt like a black sheep in the family because I was the only one who didn't. I was openly non-Christian, and so I always, I also felt like everyone was always praying for me, which is like a nerve-wracking feeling because <laughs> the focus is on you, and you don't always want that. Like I remember, there was like an element of psychological warfare <laughs> because my mom would always be like, "Josh, I, I want to see you in heaven," and. Um, I love you. And that really got to me. <laughs> Sometimes you take me out for ice cream, just I think with the pretense of having conversations about God. And I felt like that was really hurtful to me because like, I feel like I was being almost like misled. Like I was like, hey, we're just grabbing ice cream as a mother and son, but no, <laughs> we're going to have an argument. <laughs> and so I remember like in my first semester of university, I remember recanting. I remember saying like, hey, I think I'm Christian again. And, and it was a very tentative reason as well. Um, it was because I, I said that, look, I haven't felt God's presence in my life. Truthfully, in reflection, I feel like a lot of it was emotion. But if there is a God, he has a plan and that he knows me better than I know myself and that he will reveal himself to me in some form that I can understand in the future. And I will continue to believe in him with the hope that that will happen, even if it doesn't. Now, that was an extremely pragmatic move on my part because in retrospect, I was just forced into that situation because I believed it would be easier on my life if I could just be Christian in a totally Christian environment. It kind of sounds like you wanted to go back because that was home and that's what was safe because that's all you knew and you missed it and your family was. Tell me about like, how did you find the strength to finally stay away given all of that? 
Oh wow, it was big. It was like it's been it's been a year of that sort of reflection that got me to finally come back out again. Like I was fully prepared to stay where I was after I recanted. I was fully prepared to marry a Christian girl, um, sell down at my own church, and fake being Christian forever in order to live a life of stability with my family and my extended family as well. It was scary, but I think it was with a lot of reflection over that year in like sitting down in the pews, feeling really crap because I didn't believe anything that the pastor was saying. I was with the Evangelical Union, which is a Christian group on campus, and I was making waves there. I ended up joining the committee, blah, 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 student committee for like organizing events and all that. And I felt like crap because this was not me. I didn't believe this. And I still felt trapped. Like I felt trapped emotionally and psychologically. I couldn't come out. So I had to ask myself the big questions. I had to say, what is more important to me? My capacity to be an authentic human being, to live with authenticity and in light of what I believe to be true and to grow as a person and to meet new people that I, I genuinely want to meet or the stability of family or like kind of the stagnant environment of like being in a really stable family situation and stuff like that, which I really craved and I still do. <laughs> um, it kind of sounds like it was this like balancing act between being who you wanted to be, not wanting to fake it and being true to what your these new beliefs were or, you know, the safety and comfort of home, which I don't think anyone could really fully understand like how hard that is because it's like – do I have all the love and safety and support that I want or do I get to be myself? And, you know, how does somebody choose between that? It's It was so difficult. It really was because um, my parents aren't really tra traditionally the stereotypical Asian parents because they've never really been like, Josh, we really just want you to become a doctor or a lawyer or to really have a lot of financial success in life. All they've ever asked of me as a son is for me to be a good Christian man one day. And so not being able to fulfill that as a son, uh, but also with my cultural heritage, it, it felt so painful to me because it felt like I was failing the only thing that my parents have ever wanted me to be. And I remember it was a couple months ago, I think it was um, July, like, yeah, literally not that long ago that I said, that's enough. It was after my exams. I just finished my exams for my first semester of 2020. And I was like, you know what? I've been inside all day for a couple months now because COVID and I've had enough time to reflect. It's time. And so, yeah, I, I slowly started telling my parents. I started, told my sister. So my whole immediate family knows. I started telling people in my extended family and I'm starting to move, and I've dropped out of like the uni Christian group and I've started to tell people no there, dropped out of my church, I've let people know there. And yeah, it's it's been a crazy journey. Do you remember a moment or a day, or maybe it was over time, where you just realized like that you had to get yourself out of the habit of doing Christian things? I still haven't for a lot of things. I still listen to Christian music all the time. It's just so nostalgic to me. And I mean, I don't have like the pretense of like actually worshiping to it, but it's just so, I, and I don't think I'll stop. I think I'll still keep listening to Christian music because I love Christian music. It's so simple and it's so profoundly warm. Um, it gives me comfort. Just like 
because there's only a few notes in a lot of Christian music. So it's like a very, it's melodic in a way. Yeah, it is. It's very, um, it's very warm, isn't it? There's something very cozy about a worship song. What was it like no longer praying anymore? Do you remember a time where all of a sudden, you know, you went to pray about something and you were like, oh, wait, I don't believe in God anymore. The thing is, it's like I started having all of these doubts in year 10. And so like, um, now I, I have no issue. I have no like recollection of having an issue now, but I think when I was in like year 11 and 10 and 12, I remember during my HSC year, um, like my final year of high school, I remember having a lot of stress about who do I turn to? Um, because God was the only person I turned to and he wasn't there for me. And so I remember, um, finishing my HSC, going on schoolies, which is like what a lot of um, HSC students do. Like a lot of final year students, once they finish their final exams, they go on like a cool trip with their friends. They go rent a beach house or something and they go get like hammered for a couple of weeks. Um, it's so good <laughs> and a really good way to like wind down. But for me, we were on that, we were at the beach house. And I remember so many nights I would just run down to the beach by myself. It was nighttime. And I remember just screaming at the waves. It's I, I in retrospect, it's just so crazy. But what I used to do is run down to the wave and just like scream out and say, Where are you, God? And I used to tell him to reveal himself to me. And I remember being like Abraham and being like, Where are you, God? Where are you? I want you to be here. Where are you? And like, yeah, it's coming back to that idea, like, I do want. I, I do like in like a deep down subconscious sense, I want there to be a God, but like the God, the Christian God that I'd learned about, like the loving, perfect plan, good or good or powerful. Like that's, that's what I want, but I haven't found him and I don't think I ever will. And yeah. And that, and that's my logical side of me talking, but yeah, the emotion of it was so powerful and, um, so poignant it, it even makes me almost tear up even to this day i i want to talk more about the emotional aspect to christianity because you've mentioned it a few times and this is something that i talk about a lot too with different people in my life or other former christians and there is such a huge i don't think people who have never been like any type of born again christian could understand how emotional of a thing it is. Like, I feel like I was very emotional when I went to church and when I was a Christian and my conversations with people were just heavier and everything was very like dramatic, like a movie all the time. Oh, and then yes. the music starts oh, yeah. playing. Tell me about what it was like for you personally to go from like having, you know, this, these big emotional relationships with God and other Christians and then the worship service. And then all of a sudden when you didn't do it anymore, do you feel like you missed the emotion or you lost a lot of emotion oh, in your life? Always, always, Laura. Um, those conversations I was having with my parents when I told them I wasn't Christian, they were so powerful because I was I was conflicted. I was so conflicted. Like, I, I don't think ordinary agnostics would recant at like a point and say, oh, I'm Christian again. That was a very me situation. And it was because I was so conflicted and the emotional toil of chatting about these very powerful ideas that were so close to my heart, um, it really chipped away at me. Like hearing my parents talk about wanting to see me in heaven, that chipped away at me in very profound ways where I would cry and I don't usually cry. <laughs> um, I remember having many conversations about religion from the Christian perspective. 
like not from the agnostic perspective, but from the Christian perspective with people, I would talk about God all the time. This was a very powerful part of me growing up. And that's why I remember in year 10, I wanted to be a missionary because I loved and I craved these conversations because I knew I had the creator on my side. And I was talking about essentially the cure to cancer, the cure to death itself. It is emotional. And it was, and I feel like when I lost that, like when I became not Christian, I, I feel like I have lost a part of myself. I guess that kind of leads me into my next question, which is to compare your mindset now with and how you just see the world and view the world with how you viewed the world when you were a Christian. I feel like I'm a lot, um, still bubbly and I'm still energetic and I have that sort of enthusiasm in my conversations. It's just that like on a deeper level, I'm a lot more cynical. And I think part of that's growing up. Like part of that is growing up, obviously. And then another part of that is my worldview. As a result of losing my faith, I like came to the understanding like nothing matters. <laughs> like that is, <laughs> is such a powerful notion to accept as one of your own. And so like the impacts of that were so massive. Like I was like, okay, what do I, where do I go in life? I had to really reconstruct my whole worldview. And, and so where I'm at now, comparatively to where I was in year 10 is worlds away. I was like looking into missionary work in year 10. I was looking into where I want to go to evangelize for the gospel. I have the cure to cancer. I have the cure to death. I have... I have the most powerful creator on my side. What am I doing with this? I'm going out and talking to other people about this. But where I'm at now, I don't know if there's a God. Um, I don't know. I definitely don't believe it to be the Christian God. It was really stressful because I was like, who am I? I'm like asking myself that. Who am I? And like thinking that I'm not like a child of God. And now like, who am I? I really, that's a serious question that I still contend to to this day. It's probably, and I know, like, I know that I can identify with exactly what you're talking about. Like, it is hard because, you know, you're always told when you're a believer that who you are is in Christ and that you know what your purpose is. And then when you don't believe that anymore, it's like, who am I? Like, why am I here? What am I meant to do? I think that my only beef with Christianity was whether it was true for me. And because it wasn't true for me, that set my whole life on a different course. But I still admire the hope that people have in Christ. I still admire um, the meaning that it gives people. And I think that's a wonderful thing. I am also skeptical and and painfully aware of many of the injustices inside different churches, like, you know, sexual scandals in the Catholic church. And I didn't know this at the time, but I only know this now that one of my close friends was actually sexually abused by a youth pastor youth pastor that um, was in a Hillsong type of church, um, very close to my school. And I knew the youth pastor. I knew him personally, and I looked up to him. And now, knowing that my friend was groomed for several years, it has really transformed my perception of my past. And has made me a lot more cynical and skeptical to what I was feeling back then. So this was something that really like polluted your view of your Christian world. Yeah, because it, it's all sunshine and rainbows until something like this happens. Because you don't know, you're a child. 
you don't know the dangers of the world and the dangers of religion at some time. I mean, like, obviously, I don't think it was religion. He was just a sexual offender. But these things happen, and I was blissfully unaware. You know, because it's like you like people send their kids to youth group or they want their kids to be mentored by, you know, another person in the church and this and that, even teenagers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you really are gambling because you never know if somebody is the real deal or if they're like, you know, unfortunately, that youth pastor who abused the, the person that you knew. So it is it is scary. And I'm glad that you brought that up because. Yeah, I think people are too trusting with their children and with random adults within their church because you don't know who you're actually dealing with. I I completely agree. Um, In Australia, we have like, you have to do like a working with kids check, but I don't think that's like good enough. I don't think the working with kids check in Australia is um, rigorous enough to to weed out people that really want to do harm. What would you say to a person, maybe someone who was around your age when you were a Christian or maybe when you left, who is about to visit a church for the very first time? If you could interject in that moment, what would you say to that person? I can only speak from my personal experience here. And I could say, like, seek truth. Um, Seek truth earnestly and unrelentlessly. Don't open up your heart too soon. You know, be skeptical ask questions, do your research and be diligent with it. Yeah, that's what I would say. What is one quote or something someone has said to you or one thing that you read that really helped you to leave Christianity? I think it was said by um, by um, a guy called R.C. Sproul, who was like a missionary. He kind of, yeah, he says like all truth is God's truth. Essentially, when one encounters truth, one encounters the God whose truth it is. Um, and that quote rings true for me because it, it, it's loaded and you need to see that there are different worldviews to really identify with this statement because you need to understand that if the Christian worldview is true, that this statement is fundamentally true. And if you're coming from the Christian perspective and you are looking for truth, yes, seek all truth. Seek with all your might, all with all facets of like all the tools of this world. Seek with those tools and you will and, and, and find truth. And if you seek an opinion that you don't that feels uncomfortable to you and but it, it's it, it seems true, pursue it. Because the truth is what we're trying to find at the end of the day. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story. I so enjoyed talking to you and thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I think if that's your goal to really help kids or like people that are transitioning out of this faith, I think that's so profound in and of itself. And I think I'm really happy that you asked me to come.